Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the movers and shakers of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grow With Us is a podcast that highlights the work of in Tulsa and informs you about the exciting and innovative work being done around the city by its best and brightest. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. This week, we are in conversation with Tara Payne, Member Success Coordinator at 36 Degrees North, who will be chatting with me about getting involved in local communities, the Black Gold Entrepreneur Series, and Black History Month in Tulsa. Welcome, Tara. It's so great to have you on. It's good to be here. Thank you so much, especially during Black History Month. I really yes. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on, Tara. Tara and I have known each other for a long time, I feel like. Um, I mean, a long time, you could say that's only a year, but it feels like a it long does. time. <laughs> You're so easy to talk to. So you know, uh, one of thank you. It's just like, OK. Yeah, I guess that's why I have a podcast. <laughs> it works. It works. It, it fits the personality. <laughs> that's what it's got to do. But I'm I'm super excited to have you here today. Let's let's go ahead and let everyone know a little bit about you. Do, do you mind just telling us your story in kind of whatever way you feel comfortable? OK, well, I originally well, I was born here in Tulsa um, to two wonderful parents and I I grew up actually in Bartlesville, which is not far, mm-hmm. but it's the home of Conical Phillips, Field 66. My sisters and I grew up there. Um, following that, went to school at the University of Oklahoma, much to my father's chagrin. <laughs> um, and let's see, following that, came back to Tulsa and just began to work, then went back to school and at TCC, which I love TCC, yeah. graduated twice. That's awesome. Um, with um, a liberal arts associates and then a, a Spanish certificate, a Spanish interpreting skills certificate. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my husband and I met in my 20s. I got married when I was 30. Uh, we have a six-year-old daughter oh. and a dog, Tegan, who was our um, first baby. Oh. And we reside here in Tulsa. And I love Tulsa. I've loved Tulsa since I was a little girl. So That is awesome. No, I... I also love Tulsa. We could talk about Tulsa. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. You know, is about Tulsa. <laughs> great things it's, happen in Tulsa. That's so great. I, I also like that TCC is actually it, people's experience there is really interesting to hear. I, I feel like a lot of people intersect with, uh, I guess I'll say Tulsa Community College mm-hmm. um, and so many different parts of their life. And I, I really like that it finds people. I love I, TCC. Me too. I love it too. Actually, it made a really big impact on me being at the University of Oklahoma and coming from Bartlesville, like is a smaller place. Yeah. So then coming from Bartlesville, going to OU, and my classes are like hundreds of people. And I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a major, um, but it just was kind of overwhelming. But you're right. TCC, when I came home, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. yeah. And especially, if, I mean, Bartle- the difference between Bartlesville, Norman, and Tulsa, I think, are, are really... A lot of people will tell you they're just Oklahoma towns, right. but I think they're just knowing the context of each of those cities. I think there's a different legacy in each one, oh, which is sure. really interesting to grapple with. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's kind of let's focus in on Tulsa a little bit here. What what has your experience as a Tulsan been like? 
So growing up in Bartlesville, Tulsa was like the big city, right? The mm-hmm. place that I always wanted to be. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I love Tulsa. My parents, they're both from here. They both graduated Booker T. So for me, Tulsa has been amazing. It's been the place where I've come into my own as a professional, um, mm-hmm. as a person. Um, I've met wonderful people here. Um, so Tulsa has just been great. Like, legit, I probably should have a T-shirt on like because I love Tulsa. <laughs> I think there's a few of those out there. We'll have to I'm find have one. To get one. Steve Cluck, he doesn't make Yes, okay. yes. No, Tulsa is, is that's exactly, we have a shared experience in that, in that regard. Because I think that I'm kind of in that moment right now of coming into my own professionally. And it's it's so cool. It's so cool to have conversations with people that are doing it or have done it mm-hmm. and kind of hearing that I think that it it goes in little sprints. You know, sometimes you're like really feeling it and sometimes there's times <laughs> where you have hard times and it's okay yes. to have a hard time regardless of where you are. I think the whole like bloom where your planet is is something that you want to aspire to, but sometimes you're not blooming. And that is that is okay as long as you have a support system. That's true. And that's what I feel about Tulsa. I do have that support system here. Yeah, Tulsa is a great support system. And sometimes it's not that you're not blooming, but sometimes you are like still in the soil trying to break through, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Um, So yeah, there's challenges are going to happen, but I've learned that those challenges are part of the beauty of the journey Mm -hmm. and not like, oh, you know? Yeah. No, the the, the, ugh part, like, it's it's better. I mean, obviously, it sucks while you're going through it, but the mm-hmm. retrospect of the lessons that you learn yes. sometimes. I know we're talking so broadly about some stuff, but I, I feel like these past couple of weeks have really just been a lot of. Uh, we were talking oh, about this gosh. before we yeah. went live. <laughs> it is hard out here. It's hard. This adulting world is so much, you know, like, and things can happen, and um, sometimes life can take you by surprise, and the wind gets knocked out of you, and you're yeah. like, what? just happened you know exactly um that's whenever support systems are very important you know yeah and that's uh, it's kind of why i i need to be reinvigorated by i not need to i feel like i'm going to be reinvigorated by our conversation today because something about um centering ourselves in community just like really changes my perspective on like the world Mm. (laughs) to be honest yes 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 yes. so let's get into it Let's Let's, it. let's talk about kind of what communities have impacted you in your professional trajectory. We've kind of talked about this, Tulsa being the the landscape in which we've grown. Um, kind of tell me a little bit about who's who's kind of helped you out along the way. Ooh, so definitely my family. Um, my faith community is very, um, I rely on them very heavily. Mm-hmm. So my church family, my family, and every experience that I've had, I've had the fortune of meeting people who, I've kind of linked up with and they encourage me. I encourage them. And so just holding on to those people um, and the things that they tell me in the times whenever maybe we're apart. But definitely coming to the ecosystem here at the Tulsa Entrepreneurial Ecosystem and 36 Degrees North um, has been wonderful. Like like you said, we have challenges everywhere and I definitely am not immune to those. But just community has been so important and shaping who I am as a person, personally and professionally. Yeah, I think that what's really interesting kind of about what you just said is that it feels it feels like you're telling me that you've gotten the opportunity to one, be poor into it and also mm-hmm. pour into others. Absolutely. Which that reciprocity in community, I think is so, 
I think it changes the way that you interact with the space because you're not just taking or you're not just giving. Yes. And that can be where the difference is. It's I, a beautiful dance of both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I, I feel like with family, at least that's kind of been my, I wouldn't say hardship, but just like the challenge this past couple of months, just mm -hmm. with um, I, I, the coronavirus that we're, we're still dealing with. Right. I mean, especially around the holidays being, having just passed, like the way that you interact with your family is so interesting because it does sometimes feel like you're giving a lot mm -hmm. and not getting a lot. It and can. that can, that can be, that can be challenging. It can be challenging. <laughs> yeah. And so there are the times whenever, you know, our community that kind of does the pouring back in maybe outside of our family, but then it allows us to go back to our family and pour back in. Exactly. And, you know, vice versa. Yeah. See, I I feel like I always take something from either an interaction. I'm like, I think I need to use this whenever I'm dealing with this person in my family. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One person who has been extremely instrumental, my best friend and I have been best friends since we were at OU. I won't uh, tell you how long ago that was because that's nobody's <laughs> business but ours. But, um, yeah, she's been so instrumental yeah that's awesome tell me more about that what it, what is it that you get to rely on her for so my best friend her name is tori dixon she is um she lives in fort worth texas and just being able to it was weird because we kind of lost touch after college and then some, one day i just felt like i want to call her and i happened to remember her number and i called it and it was still the same um and from that day we've just been like hey what's up the support you know i yeah. can call and say when i'm up i can call and say when i'm down I can call and we can pray together. I can call and we can laugh. We can take trips and yeah. we have, you know, just all of it. And I can just be authentic in who I am with her. And she meets me where I am. Now, it helps, too, that she's a mental health therapist and just an all around yeah. sweet person. Yeah, you've got a good connection there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm definitely blessed. <laughs> no, the, that's so interesting. I definitely think that it's, it's really good to have people around you that are pretty I, th I would guess the word is aware of mental health and yeah. and the state of how everyone's mental health might be in a different spot right now. Absolutely. I, I think that we're getting to this like sense of understanding maybe that, you know, you've got your physical well-being, you've got your spiritual well-being and you, got act, your mental. you, you have your mental well-being. And those are things that we need to take care of. They are very I th important. And I, I, I guess this this can kind of serve as a transition into this conversation, too, about Black History Month, because mm -hmm. I think that. I think that it is important to be very open and honest about how we're feeling in, yeah. the, in this moment. So tell me, tell me about. I have a lot of questions for you about okay. about Black History Month, but let's let's just talk about what it means to you and kind of how you're approaching this month. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great about Black History Month, um, especially being a mom of a, a six year old and being able to kind of pass along. So I come from a, a long line of what I call storytellers, like mm -hmm. my dad and my uncles always are telling stories and I didn't understand back in the day like my dad always has the story but now it's so important because I see now that in that story he was sharing with me legacy he was sharing with me black wall street he yeah. was sharing with me that we have someone in our family who was the first black highway patrolman in Oklahoma you know those different things yeah. and so I get the opportunity to share that with my daughter so for me black history month is like I mean in 36 degrees north camp 2 we're in historic greenwood like we're in the area that was black wall street yeah. so it's I love it it's surreal and it's it's amazing yeah and you're I think you're getting to interface with a lot of the black community in Tulsa that that needs to know that someone like you is in your space oh, I, wow I think Thanks. that that's I think that it's really important that we're in this moment where visibility is important representation is mm -hmm. important I I think that 
we've, we, it feels like we've been talking about those two things for so long. Yeah. But I think we're really under, I don't know. I say we, it feels like the people that I have surrounded myself with are really leaning into the fact that that is so, so important it's to, very important to identities. I think that we could talk about so many things with Black, Black History Month and, and especially with just where we are in the city too. We're, mm-hmm. we're right over, right down the road from Black Wall Street. And I think we need to talk about that every time, not every time, but we need to talk, make sure we're talking about that whenever we're grounding ourselves in discussions like this. I love how um, I think it was February 1st and I was driving to work and I looked over to my left just close to where we are here in the studio and I saw like a white something out of the ground and it said historic Greenwood District and I just it just gave me a sense of pride Um, and I know it makes it makes me emotional too yeah because thinking of the the weight of what happened here not only am I black but I'm also native as are you you share that and so just having those things Together that day, I just was like, "Wow, I'm alive at this time in this city, yep. in this part of the city." Because I could have been anywhere, yeah. you know. So I don't take it for granted. I'm I'm so glad to hear that. I felt that way so much during the centennial week of last oh year. Gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh, what an emotional time in this city! I, I think it was so emotional because it felt like we were treating it like it like it was an actual thing. Yeah, it was the first time I felt like I was surrounded in a space where people weren't denying that it ever happened right. or that we were having honest conversation about how to make it better. Yes. And that we're li- we're almost like all agents of that, I think. In That's in good. terms of, you know, we're all striving towards equitable change in the ecosystem that I work in. At mm-hmm. least I can point to anyone on my team and be like, I know what you're doing for black people yes. right now, which is huge. It is huge. It is huge. And historically, I was thinking about it this morning. Like Tulsa is obviously a tight knit community. Um, and that was evident even in, and this is kind of weird when it came to me this morning, even in the massacre, because we mm-hmm. had, of course, the community that built itself up, right, out of necessity. And then whenever it happened, the tragedy that happened, the community who actually perpetuated the crime was tight enough to that people have, like you said, not talked about it for years. Yeah. Right. And so we all have this sense of community. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's such a great thing to then be able to transmute that yes. and now be a part of, okay. Let's talk about this and be a part of the healing process and say, yeah, it was horrible for all of us, but let's talk about it and let's see what we can do yeah. to make it better. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting that Black Wall Street is is often the focal point when we're talking about black history in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. because it's almost like we have this event that is that's so meaningful to black history that it it's the only thing that or not the only thing but sometimes it, it feels, feels like it sometimes it feels like it eclipses all of black history that's that's beyond oklahoma a little bit so i think it's i think it's both important to zoom in and zoom out we mm-hmm. can take so much from the black wall street legacy and the legacy of the massacre and we can also take from all of the achievements of black people throughout this throughout, whole country yeah. so there's there's so much to I think be be uplifted by this month. It's almost um, Aaron Wiggum, who I, yes. I, he is. He preaches sometimes on some <laughs> of our meetings, and I love it. But <laughs> he was he did this activity with us on Monday where he was doing some trivia, and it was really interesting. None of us knew the trivia. Mm. He was asking us who was the inventor of the hairbrush and who was the inventor of the doorknob, and these are all black people. Yes, that the stoplight. Mm-hmm, you know all of these things that you know, a room full of people that want to say that they are enacting this change, we all were silent because 
we've all grown up in the system that doesn't treat us or doesn't teach us about black about that about yeah. black um contribution exactly exactly yeah and that's the fun thing because i get to um share those with my daughter asha and then the other day <laughs> who who doesn't love elmo as a kid right oh. i was like asha did you know that elmo is actually the puppeteer for elmo as a black man and she was like what <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of discourse on Twitter right now is is about if Elmo is black. I don't know. I don't know if you have I, any Elmo's hot obviously takes. red, but he's black. <laughs> he is. Yes, I agree with you. It's kind of like it's kind of like Jesus. Like, do we really care? His contributions no. are they speak for themselves. Let's get going. Um, kind of in the direct in the direction about about your involvement in Tulsa. So. You know, I know you as the bright and smiling face that welcomes folks into Camp 2 at 36 Degrees North. Kind of tell me about how you came into that position and and, and all of the things that you do. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned uh, challenges, right? In 2019, I found myself, as did my husband, um, I mean, as did a lot of us at home, yeah. right? And I, I started... I, in 2019, I hadn't started my business yet. Actually, I just left financial services. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something that makes a difference. And I always have, but I'm I'm really ready to find out what it is now. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I've always been curious about entrepreneurship. And I wanted to be in an environment where I could be around other people who are disrupting things, who had businesses, who were creatives, who I would be able to be encouraged by. And so I just went to LinkedIn and looked and 36 Degrees North just happened to be hiring. Wow. I really think it was serendipitous. But yeah, so that's how I came here to 36 Degrees North. And I started at base camp and then eventually, like you said, moved to camp two. That's awesome. It feels like um, when I walk to camp two and just walk into that space, I'm like, I think Tara should be here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel lost when you're not there oh, sometimes. <laughs> when I'm recent, I was recently out with my family, as we were talking about before yeah. this, um, had COVID. And I got messages from members like, where are you? Are you OK? It's not the same. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's so sweet because they are like my family there. Yeah. I mean, I think that you do a really good job of instilling your sp your spirit in a space. Like when Thank I you. walk in there, I'm like, I really am looking for Tara. I'm like, <laughs> I need to know that she knows that I'm here so that she and I could have a conversation. And what's interesting is that whenever people come in, I want them to know that I know they're there because yeah. they're important. Their presence is important to me. So I'm yeah. glad that I do that for people as well. Oh, it's huge. I mean, especially when like, if you think about what a co-working space is, it is oftentimes impersonal because mm -hmm. you're there for your business you're there for your own necessarily like benefit but th there's a community aspect that is so so important and and obviously it's a part of your job to, <laughs> to do that but you do it so easily thank you i love to build community and to have, i don't know i have like a weird knack of oh let me connect how can i connect these two things mm -hmm. but they don't seem to have any connections but i'm gonna find one and i'm gonna make sure they know they're connected and connect them so that they can yeah. take that somewhere else i think a lot of people in this ecosystem have that that yes. that weird thing we got to find a word for it because <laughs> it, it's a connector yeah. mentality it I feel is because like. mm. i want i feel like i have that too of like i know a person and i know b person i think a and b would get along yep. really well together yes <laughs> mutually to beneficial too. too oh yeah um, so something that I know of about your experience and, and your kind of your work at 36 Degrees North is the Black Gold series mm -hmm. that ran throughout the summer of 2021. And it was an amazing program. And can you kind of tell everyone um, listening about that program and, and about that series and what it means to you? For sure. So the Black Gold series, which I'm proud to say that I named, um, and it was a play on, of course, entrepreneurship being 
black gold and as well as we're in Oklahoma. So oil is mm-hmm. literally black gold. Um, 36 Degrees North actually had the desire to do a black led initiative before I even joined the team. And so I just happened to come in at the right time yeah. and was able to work with Mark Lamont, who I love, uh, one of my colleagues there. And we were able to build this together and to say, what is this going to be? Uh, it was all different kind of things. And we ended up on a speaker series. And the series actually highlights the contributions of black entrepreneurs, black pioneers there in Black Wall Street Times. Yeah. As well, um, and as told by current modern day entrepreneurs. So we have a guest that's local to Tulsa. And we give them a Black Wall Street person. Actually, some of our guests have been our descendants. So they will talk wow. about somebody, some people from their family. Um, and we talk about the different things that maybe make that are similar in their lives and that were, you know, different and what impact it's had on them and what impact it's had um, it being the massacre and just not just the massacre, but before the massacre, Black Wall Street and the amazing community that it was that it's had on our community today. Oh, yeah. Like the I mean, we we talk a lot about the legacy. Yes. When I think about Black Wall Street and the legacy of Black Wall Street, I now, as of a couple of months ago, associate a lot of what I can visually recall Mm -hmm. to what I've seen at the Greenwood Rising Museum, Mm -hmm. which um, this is a huge plug for them. (laughs) By the way, I want everyone to go to that place. Oh my gosh, it's it's so beautiful. It's, I mean, it's beautifully tragic. Um, mm, I, I think I think that there are there's so many tough things to to kind of grapple with in that museum because I think that they do a really good job of telling that perspective of what it was like, and that's something that I think as more time goes on, it's it's harder to put yourself in the shoes of people. You know, that was a hundred years ago, but I think that the way that it, you're visually seeing what's happening and you're reading it and you're kind of processing it all at the same time it's it's actually really easy to put yourself there and to I'm probably especially as a black person to be like I like there's parts of that museum that would probably make you fearful mm-hmm. because of the one of the scenes where they really just talk about how it actually started um and it's so it's so it's such an important thing I think for non-black people to yes, to experience absolutely for sure and then we th- we talk about legacy and predecessors thinking about the greenwood cultural center which actually is our partner for the black gold series we partnered with yes. them um and the story that they tell and you know how that impacted greenwood rising yeah um, because we know phil worked or was on the board there at greenwood cultural center before the work that he does here at greenwood rising and just how important it is to have those stories i don't know if it's it doesn't feel hard to me to put myself in 100 years. I think because yeah. my grandmother, when she passed away, was 103. Wow. Um, and so I actually had that direct line to yeah. like, what was it like? You know, what were you doing? How did you feel? She wasn't, you know, directly affected. Yeah. But for her to be that age, it's just like, oh, wow, this is like two generations away from me. Exactly. I mean, that's like another thing about this month that the 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 pictures that you see are all trying to show you that either the civil rights movement mm-hmm. was like 50 years. It's It was only 50 years ago. Yeah. It's almost, I think we're almost at 60 years, but it's in black and white. So it makes you think that's older. I mean, that, that kind of optics game is really, mm-hmm. really interesting because it's, it's purposeful, but talking more about black gold mm-hmm. series, I think that, I think that what's really interesting about the, 
the series is that you could go to so many different people in this community and be like, do you want to do this? Yes. And I felt like you had a lot of people that were so passionate and and ready to talk about whatever it was that they ended up talking about. And and you got to lead one of the weeks, did you not? I did. I led the first week and that actually was not the original plan, but Mark suggested it. And I was like, wait, what? Because while I am an entrepreneur, I felt like I was too young in my entrepreneur game to speak to, you know, the magnitude of Black Wall Street and entrepreneurship. I thought that maybe there were other people who were more um, experienced than I, but it was beautiful to be able to have that conversation with Michelle Brown Burdex from Greenwood Cultural Center and kick it off. That was exciting. Um, And actually it was so, the series was so popular that people were like, why did you stop? So we still do it on a quarterly basis. Actually, it's coming up this Thursday and Trey Thaxton of Greenwood Ave is our guest. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that the second part of this question was how is black gold being brought into the whole year? Because I think that there's an element I'm sure you've heard this before. There's an element of it that needs to stay mm-hmm. in in the culture of 36. And oh, I, yeah. that's so awesome to hear that it's it's still going. It's still going, yeah. Is there a way that if anyone is curious can either get involved or maybe in the programming or even just watch it remotely if they're not in Tulsa? Yes, absolutely. So they can go to our Facebook page, our 36 Degrees North Facebook page, and catch all the episodes there. Um, I'm not sure if they're still on our website, but they could check 36n.co. But it's definitely on our Facebook page and they can see it there. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good to hear. I'd love to hear just more about like what being an entrepreneur has been like for you. For me, I believe it's it's been like the realization of a lifelong dream because I had this well before I wanted to just be a singer like in Trevor. I wanted to be Beyonce before she existed. I wanted to be Whitney Houston because that was my era. But I always had this thing in the back of my mind. I was always coming up with ideas for businesses and solutions for problems. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really realize that that was entrepreneurship. Yeah. I didn't have somebody that I could point to directly that I knew who was what I considered an entrepreneur. So I thought, oh, you have to have something else. Like you have to have a degree or something else first, not realizing that, no, you just have to have an idea and a gumption to start. Um, So entrepreneurship for me, probably. So along the years, I've been like through different multi-level marketing companies, And I, you know, that type of thing. And people say that you go through about 12 different things before you actually find the one that's Mm. actually yours. And so I can't remember how many of those I did. I know. Who knows if it was 12 or 10 (laughs) or or 14. Right. (laughs) I'm sure my family's like, what is Tara doing now? You know, Uh, but yeah, coming to 36 degrees north and in 2019, whenever we are stuck at home, I was like, Mm. What can I do with my current skills that can make a difference? So entrepreneurship has been a beautiful discovery um, and meeting different people like in the ecosystem um, who will just say, hey, that's a great idea. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So it lives in my head. So I was like, I think it's good to me. But to hear other people say that is great. Yeah. I mean, you did a whole pinch, pitch competition I and did. got to t- tell your tell your uh, the story of your product and I've seen your website and everything like Thank that's you. so awesome that was so fun and I was so nervous uh, so building Tulsa had a female founders pitch competition and I won second place for uh, my idea Thank you that's which so is awesome an online platform that connects local founders local for now founders to um, pre-vetted virtual assistants so it's called Maven's Meet and actually I just launched a couple days ago my landing page yes. and I'm working on the platform now that's so awesome. Yeah. So reach out to <laughs> reach out to Miss Tara about Maven's Meet. She's got lots of people to connect you with. Yes. Especially in the entrepreneurs. Kind of rounding out this episode and kind of 
maybe maybe just zooming out a little bit more, I would I'd like for you to kind of engage in this little exercise with me of, you know, choosing a time in your life where things felt uncertain or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what advice would you give to yourself that you think could have helped you? And kind of telling that story a little bit, too, about what you actually did and said if you didn't take that advice. So I can think of so many, uh, including the time in 2019. But what I'll what I will talk about is my experience trying to become a mother. Mm -hmm. um, it was so challenging. And yeah. actually, um, what I didn't say is I published a book about it in September 2020. Um, that was very challenging. What I would tell myself is just to feel what you feel, keep going. Like make a note of it, literally a note, and surround yourself with people who love you, which is what, looking back, happened. But yeah. it wasn't an intentional thing. Um, and share. Don't isolate. Because whatever it is, whether it's trying to have a baby or starting a business or losing a loved one, you know, whatever, you're not alone. Like there are people who probably are experiencing the same thing that you are right now mm -hmm. and people who are there waiting like with open arms to comfort you, even if that means not saying a word and just holding you and letting you cry or whenever you're excited, mm -hmm. shouting with you or, you know, saying, let's go get coffee, just whatever it is, yes. you know. Yeah. So those challenging times, just knowing that they will come, that you'll get through it and you're supported. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that it's so true to know that and just to know that you can weather a lot of storms. And, and I think that you get that confidence to do that and by surrounding yourself with people that help you realize it every day. Yes. Um, and, and I know that that is sometimes a privilege, having community and having people around you. Um, but it's it's something to work for, too. And, yeah. and you do have to work for it. It does not come to you easily sometimes. And if it does, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. And if you set your, I feel like if you set your intentions on having something, that it will inevitably come to you. Yeah. I totally agree. Thank you so much, Tara, for being on this episode of Grow With Thank Us. You. It's been so great to have you. If there's anything that you would like for our Grow With Us listeners to uh, reach out to or any ways that they can reach out to you, how can people find you? So they can go to my website, taradpain.com. And there you can find out more about the virtual assistant work that I do, the book that I published, um, just my story about myself, my family. Also, if you are a virtual assistant or if you are a person who is administratively gifted um, and you're like at a point in your life where you're like, ah, I just want something different, please go to mavensmeet.com and um, sign up, subscribe there to be added to our list so that when the platform goes live, um, that you can be notified because it's going to not only be connecting founders to VAs, but it's also going to be building up those VAs that come and forming a community and letting people know that with the skills you have, you can actually move mountains like you can change things. Oh, yeah. I don't undervalue the, the value of admin work. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Yes. So that, they can find me there. Also can go to 36 degrees or 36n.co on the 36 degrees north site and you can find me there. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tara. You're and welcome. thank you, Grow With Us listeners. For our listeners of Grow With Us, I'd like to plug a few resources that might be helpful for you. If you would like to stay in touch with all of our featured jobs and opportunities at Intulsa, then please join our talent network. You can join at talent.intulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. By joining our talent network, you will get access to our newsletter. We can stay up to date with our latest career advice, featured opportunities with Intulsa partner companies, and our placement success stories. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be noted. Mm. 
Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. And huge thank you to our editors at Rant9 Studios and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us. Thank you.